Today on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm speaking again with Rachel Gower, owner of the Upper Hand Salons here in Houston, Texas. Also a postmenopausal woman like me, and we're talking about how to be fabulous after 50. Hi, and thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan. And I'm so excited to have my dear friend, Rachel Gower, back here again. She was a guest on a previous podcast, and Rachel is the owner of the Upper Hand Salons here in Houston, Texas, and also a whole bunch of other things that we're going to talk about. So hi, Rachel. Hi, Susan. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me again. Well, I'm going to share something that we don't usually talk about, which is about our age, And I'm all excited to be 54. I had my birthday recently, and I just wore a shirt all day saying 54 and fabulous. I saw it, Because (laughs) I'm done with not talking about our age, but I'm just going to say that Rachel is 52. Yep. And I kind of wish this was a video podcast right now because this woman looks amazing. Um, She looks like she could— walk onto the stage of any body contest or Miss Universe She's or saying anything that because right there now. is no video. So <laughs> no, you're very sweet, but no. No. Well, suffice to say, um, we're talking about today how you can be over 50 and fabulous. And I can talk all day about my own experience. And many of you have heard me talk about how I really do feel better at 54 than any other time in my life. My body composition's probably better than it ever has mm-hmm. been. And this is possible. But it, it means so much more, I think, when I can introduce another person who's experienced the same thing. So, mm-hmm. Rachel, let's talk about your journey a little bit because we're okay. more or less the same age. We yep. actually both have twin girls yep. and a lot of things in common. And I'll Susan delivered my twins we 18 have, years ago. We all, <clears throat> both have 18-year-olds Yeah, <laughs> lots of things. And so I think there's this definitely this thing that happens as we get closer to menopause and even after menopause as we both are here where, you know, our bodies change, right? And our hormones are depleted and we lose muscle and we get fatter. And so this is just something that happens to every single person. So if it's happening to you, you're not only not alone, but you're really not alone. Like every single woman mm-hmm. loses muscle and gains fat. Mm-hmm. And that even happened to you, right? Oh, totally. It happened to me. I mean, I, you know, and we were just talking earlier about how like you get to that point where you start losing muscle and you can tell and maybe your clothes still fit, but like there's a little muffin top or whatever. Mm, squishy. Yeah. And you just, you know, the muscle mass is down and you think to yourself, okay, well, I'm 50 now, so I guess that's why. So that's just what it's going to be. And, you know, I'll just make the most of it. And so in all honesty, I feel better, just like you said, I feel better today than I did when I was 25, um, even when I was 45. So I, I, it's everything that I've done in the last, well, really since I uh, started seeing you um, for the, the pellet is really what kind of when it all started. So that gave me the motivation to do some things because I remember you telling me when we first did it that you um, that I'd probably end up having more energy. I'd probably sleep a little bit better. You were telling me that, you know, like sometimes you do two spin classes in a row just because you're not tired and things like that. So like you're younger, you right. feel younger. Hmm. So anyway, I kept all that in my mind and I'm like, okay, waiting for it to kick in, you know? And, um, it did. I felt really good. Like, I think I started it maybe in no- October or November mm-hmm. or something. And I could tell that I felt better. Um, and I've always worked out. So that wasn't like, I didn't really change anything with that, but I could all of a sudden tell that my workouts were producing better results. So, you know, it's, that's encouraging whenever you get that kind of re- any little result you're encouraged. Yeah. And I think that's so true because 
I went through years, and I, you might have had the same experience, and I know all listeners have, where, you know, you're working out, you're eating well, and, and my patients really are a cohort of women that take great care of themselves for the most part. We, we are eating well, and we're working out. We're doing right. all the things that we right. have traditionally worked, but all of a sudden around mid-40s, they're not working anymore. Right. It's like, why am I getting fatter? And maybe the scale isn't even changing, but my like you said, your right. belt's a little tighter. And yeah. you've got, you can't, you know, you've got the rolly thing under your yeah. arms when you're wearing a strapless dress and little back fat yep. and the whole thing. Yep. Like, where did <laughs> that like, come from? Uh, but then you maybe talk to your friends or even your doctor and they say, oh, well, that's just normal. Mm-hmm. You're getting older. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a resignation, I think, that happens where we just kind of say, well, yeah. I guess that's just what it is. Yeah. And I'm all for accepting reality about aging. I'm not I don't talk about anti-aging because aging is actually great, but optimal aging. And so that's where this hormone optimization really comes into play because I experienced it. Rachel's talking about it too. One of the things that happens with menopause and aging is our testosterone drops. We lose muscle. We lose energy, sex drive, all of the things we know about so well. And then talking about testosterone replacement, which is what Rachel was mentioning that I take myself as well with uh, pellet therapy. I mean, it really is kind of transformational. It sounds it is. too good to be true. I know it does. When I started testosterone therapy, it's been probably two and a half years. Didn't do anything differently because like we were talking about, I already mm-hmm. was eating healthy diet. Right. I was an athlete and doing lots of exercise. Mm-hmm. Didn't change anything. I kept doing that. But within about six to eight months, I gained five pounds of muscle and I lost five pounds of fat. Mm-hmm. And I'm on a fairly small frame like Rachel mm-hmm. is too. That mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. It does. To how we feel. Mm-hmm. You feel strong. Right. Just really strong all of a sudden. I mean, part of it's about looking good in the mirror. I mean, that's right. fun. But right. tell me about the feeling strong oh, part. Because I, I totally get that. It's a mental thing. Like, I got this. I yes. feel good. Right? Well, you know, it's like um, the for me... Well, there's nothing better than when you're actually in the middle of a workout and you can feel like, first of all, you can do something that you couldn't do a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and, or you can feel your muscles and you're like, I don't remember feeling that before. Like, that's cool. Like, it's like all your work's paying off. So that's a wonderful feeling um, because it's just, you know, kind of like um, validation that you're actually accomplishing because we've been working out. So like, when you've been working out your entire life and trying to do things right your entire life and you never see any changes or things start to go the other direction, it's very frustrating. So depressing. Oh my God. And then you don't want to do it. I I mean, I remember feeling like, okay, I'm going to the gym and I'm eating all this clean food and I'm still getting fatter. It's like at some point I'm like, just screw it. I'm just going to eat ice cream and watch Netflix. What's the point of even (laughs) going? Because if, if you don't see results, you're going to give yeah, up. Yeah. Um, so once our testosterone goes back to where it was when we were younger, we actually can maintain and even build muscle. So in my case, I gained five pounds of muscle. I want to talk about Rachel's statistics because um, it's not that they're so unusual. I will tell you every patient doesn't have these results, and it does take a lot of work. So it doesn't happen without you doing your part, right? right definitely. Um, but can we talk about, yeah. uh, you know, first of all, we never talk about our age. Secondly, we never talk about our weight. But um, do you mind sharing no. how you we do body composition, which is really interesting. So when you come in to get your first testosterone pellet, we measure your percentage of body fat. So how much of your weight is comprised of fat? 
And my favorite thing to see is that number dropping over time. Right. So what happened with yours? It was really pretty amazing. Well, it was really funny. So I went, first of all, for your listeners, this is the coolest machine you've ever seen in your life. Like you don't even realize how cool it is because you're so used to seeing it in your office, but like you stand on it and it scans you and it tells you pretty much everything. And um, so the first time I did it, you were very encouraging. You're like, this, these are great results. And I think, I think my body fat was something like 21% or Which something Which is really, like that. really good. I mean, I would, I would love my body. Well, it's, mine is like that maybe that. on a good day, <laughs> but 21% <laughs> is really good. So this is a woman who started out in a really great place, but even so what happened over the well, nine months? So, so I, it ended up dropping. So it's the, I was in, I think last week and it was down to 14%. Mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. And I knew that I felt more muscular, but I was telling you in an email that I have serious body dysmorphia, which I think a lot of women suffer I think from. We all do yeah, like it's really age. bad. Yeah, it's it really so it's such a waste of time. But I because of that, like I would look at myself in the mirror and I wasn't seeing any difference. I mean, I could tell my arms looked better or whatever, but I didn't, I didn't think it had dropped that much. So I was actually really, really happy and surprised. But the thing, um, you know, so I, I dropped a little bit of weight, but then I put on that weight and muscle, or mm-hmm. I guess I, so the, the basically Lost fat and gain muscle, which exactly. is what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but the thing that really happened for me is when I started with the testosterone therapy it gave me the encouragement and I think it gave me the sort of baseline platform of, okay, so let's see what you can do because I I could look at my own life and what I would do on a daily basis. And even though an outsider would look at it and say, oh, she's healthy. I knew in my head that there were plenty of nights that, you know, I would sit down and eat either ice cream or a package of Twizzlers or something like that. And so I would rationalize it though, by doing a really hard workout the next day. Mm-hmm. And all that. so for me, what this did is it gave me sort of that like push in the right direction. Okay. You've done this now. So let's see if you can maximize your results by changing some of your lifestyle habits that are really, really detrimental to your health. And so I decided to do that. So I cut sugar and a couple other things out of my diet just to see what would happen. And I immediately felt so much better. Something, something clicked in my brain. And I, I credit the testosterone for this because what else changed? Like that was a big, huge factor that changed. I think that is so interesting. And I talk about this a lot that, um, you know, testosterone, and again, for people that are not familiar, we've talked, I've talked about this a lot, uh, but testosterone therapy in the form of a pellet, which is what we're talking about, isn't elevating your testosterone to anything like what a man has or anything like that. We're, we're just replacing what we used to make when we were younger. Um, and Rachel and I don't have hair on right. our face or acne or- <laughs> We still look like girls. <laughs> right. So we're not doing anything uh, natural in that respect. We're just elevating our testosterone back to levels where it was when we were younger, when we had that energy. But I, I do find that so interesting that it's when we are in that state or when I was and what you are describing of just kind of the frustration of not seeing results and that kind of resignation to like, oh God, is this just going to be the way it is? It's really hard in that place to to take on a new challenge. But I mm-hmm. felt the same way when I got my energy back and I, you know, I had some sex drive. I was like seeing some positive changes in my body. Then you kind of are like, 
what, you know, what else can I do? Like exactly. You said, because yeah. I, I always talk about like, it's not just sex drive. People say, oh, I want to get testosterone so I can have better sex drive. And it does do that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just life drive. Yeah. Like no, that, I agree. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and now I feel good about, I want to socialize more. Right. Or I want to try a new diet. And so right. I want to, um, now people might think, well, okay, well, Rachel's about to tell you about this, um, diet that she took on. And it's amazing. I did something similar for a while and how good that can make you feel. And maybe that's why you lost weight, right? Uh, bottom line is who cares? It doesn't right? matter. <laughs> right? <laughs> who cares what it was? Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so people might say, well, of course you lost weight. You went on a, a diet where you cut sugar and you got rid of all the inflammatory things. And yes, that that is ultimately probably a lot of why you lost body fat. But we can't get the energy to do those difficult things when our testosterone's low. So exactly. It's like, I don't really care what was the right. cause. I just want to feel good. Right. Right. So number one, I think the foundation is, I know it is like for myself and all the thousands of women that I've worked with is hormonal optimization. And then once mm-hmm. we've got that, then, then we can do these other things. Right. So I really want to uh, hear you talk about this, um, Nutrition, I hate the word diet. Yeah, me too. It sounds so restrictive. Yeah. But these nutritional changes that you made, and I have a story about a similar kind of thing that I did and just how good it makes you feel. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. tell me about yours and kind of what well, how it worked and what happened. I, you know, I like I said, we did the testosterone pellet like in October and November, and then it was around like February, I was feeling like you know, more energetic and kind of like almost looking for a challenge a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I had lunch with a friend and she told me about the bone broth diet and that's what it's called. And, and so I didn't know anything about it whatsoever. And, um, she said, Oh, I'll send you this, this thing. I actually send it to you. So it's kind of like she, she, the, the person who created it has like a three week, um, kind of introduction. So for that three weeks, you cut out anything that has a scan code on it. So, you know, except for water, of course, but um, you cut out anything that's processed, anything that's, you know, all alcohol. Um, so I cut out alcohol, alcohol of course, um, dairy, sugar, grains. Um, and this is sounding awful to anyone who's listening right now. Like, I'm not going to do that. Right. But I was kind of triggered. Like I was really looking for a challenge and it was about three weeks before spring break where I was Mm going to be with my teenage daughters on a beach. And so there was just a few things like, you know, kind of lining up perfectly. So I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to see what happens. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I just go back to normal. Right. So I started doing it and, um, I was like, I can do this. It really was not that bad. And I have a huge, I had a huge sugar problem. And so I really thought that was going to be a problem. I thought I was going to, you know, feel like I had the flu and the whole thing. And I really didn't. It really was not that difficult to do. So I feel like I was mentally prepared for it. It was the mm-hmm. right time to do it. And I think that the um, testosterone pellet helped prepare me for that. I really, really do. Because you have to be in the right place mentally. Oh, for sure. To do something like that. Yeah, This that's a sounds like, could sound like a really big challenge, but I felt like that too. Like when my hormones are balanced, things that it's easier, five year, everything's right, things easier. that five years ago sounded impossible. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, that actually sounds fun. Yeah. Even yeah. like we were talking like about an before, Iron Man or sex. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. look, I mean, we were joking earlier. I'm like, yeah, uh, sex used to be like, uh, okay. <laughs> and now it's like, okay. I mean, it's just a different yeah. attitude. Yeah. Like same with 
okay, I'm going to give up sugar, gluten, dairy, all these things. Five years ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, God, Jesus, that sounds it. horrible. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, that sounds like a fun challenge. I right. Can, I can do that. I think it's all part of this like feeling that I really talk about a lot and I've experienced when our hormones are balanced that kind of I got this feeling. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can do that. Yes. Yes. It's I like can, a can-do attitude all of a sudden. That. Right. Uh-huh. So with, with these really restrictive nutritional programs, I hate the word diet. Because I went on so many diets. Yeah. Makes, I have PTSD yeah. around that. Word. I do too. I totally do. I think all of us in our age We're old group, enough. Yeah. We grew up with all these diets, right? And so, anyway, this nutritional plan, this healthy nutritional plan, um, I like to think about what you can eat. So, we exactly. know about what you can't eat, but you can eat so many things. Oh, I mean, totally. You can eat tons of things. Like, you're not restricted as far as. There's plenty Starving, to eat. Right. If you're hungry, you eat. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I, I love that idea and the similar type of detox thing that I did last year as a response to drinking a bottle of wine every day in March during COVID. I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to try to clean myself up here. Well, we did that, right? I yeah. don't, well, you should, not, Rachel might not have, but many of us did. Yeah. A lot of people did. So yeah. I did a similar type of thing and it, it just really is empowering, I think, yeah. to just be able to do that, take right. control if you're nutrition. Well, that's, that's a really interesting point because the feeling that I, so I, you know, I, that's how I started with it. And then like you, you feel good and it makes you feel empowered mm-hmm. and it makes you feel like you're in control. So then I started thinking, well, how can I tweak this? Because what this person who does the bone broth diet, what she um, What's her name? Uh, Kelly Ann Petrucci, I think. Um, yeah. She's like a naturopath. Yeah. And her, her stuff is really cool. I've been yeah. reading it since Rachel shared it with me. I think she's, I mean, she's she's really the real deal. So she I is. I like stuff. her. Um, but, you know, she she recommends that you add things back. So, like, I didn't know. I, I, I've always had, you know, a stomach ache from this or a stomach ache from that. Like, you never really can pinpoint what it is. So, so you know, she says, take all these things out of your diet, and then you can add things back and see. So I was pretty sure grains were not a good idea for me just from history. Um, but I didn't think dairy was really a problem for me. So I, I have a little bit of dairy now and then. Um, but I basically, um, then, then I started doing the intermittent fasting because it kind of just naturally progressed into that. And I didn't know that that's what you'd been doing also. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like that. Like that works for my life. It works for my lifestyle. Um, and I, I actually find it so freeing. I find it really freeing and I find that I feel more in control of my life. So you mentioned the word control and that's what mm-hmm. made me think of it. it you, you feel like you're more in control as opposed to, um, this food's controlling me, which is, yeah. Oh, for the sure. sugar was controlling me for oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think so many of us, and I experienced that too. I, I mean, since I was, I can remember since I was a child, my life in some way revolved around food. There was yeah. some food addiction, whether it was eating it or not eating it or starving myself or binging and all the things that we did. Right. Diets, counting calories, I mean, everything. And it, it's such a waste of time. It's like you such said, a waste such of a time. massive waste of time. So, Number one, I don't like diets, and we're talking about um, options for nutrition where you can eat. I love, I love the idea. Same on my detox thing, where it wasn't like you can only eat a hundred so many calories. Right. If, if you're hungry, go eat. Right. Some carrots and hummus or whatever it is right. that, that you're eating. So eat, please eat. Yes. But you're just avoiding certain things. Yeah. I focus on what you can eat, so you're never hungry because mm-hmm. you can eat 
as much of these foods it's as you want. It's just planning, you know, it's yeah. just deciding. And that's why, that's why having that like motivation to actually do it is so, so important. Yeah. And if I didn't have that jump start, I would never have had the willpower. And it wasn't even willpower. Cause like, once you get into something, you're like, this is fun. Right. I'm going to see if so I can do it. Started. That, yeah. So that, I talk about sex all the time, <laughs> but that reminds me of everything reminds me of sex, but yeah, the, the, it's the same as libido, I think. So the, you know, many of us, once we have sex, once we're in the moment, it's fine. But it's just that getting there, the yeah. libido, saying, or going to the gym. It's like when you get there, it's fun. But that's it's like, right. It's like the getting in the car and going there mm-hmm. that's hard for many people. And so that the motivation aspect or yeah. in the terms of sex, the libido aspect, that's, I think, what changes with yeah. testosterone. So you do see sex drive being correlated with life drive. I think it's, you just kind of yeah. put that together for me. Yeah. It's about motivation. Yeah, I think it's motivation. And and that's where I get like, you know, like for me, um, the fact that you did that body composition from the very beginning, I, I love that. I think it's super smart. I mean, of course, that's how you have to do it because you wouldn't be able to measure any result. But like just it's such a valuable thing when you're trying to figure out why your body is changing and why things mm-hmm. aren't going and you're racking your brain and you're just like reading and going down the rabbit hole on the internet and, and nothing's making any sense and you're contradicting yourself in your head. This is such a good place to start is just to go get everything tested, see where your baseline is, and then see what Dr. Susan can do to help you because that gives you, that makes you feel more like yourself again. And that's, Mm. that's how I felt. Yeah. I, I remember that feeling. If I, where did I go? I know I'm under here somewhere under yes. this like squishy, like they took me and dipped me in dough or and, something. I'm like covered yeah. in this like layer of fat. And then all of a sudden you reemerge right. from and, that and again. And here you are. Your listeners, I guess most of it, a lot of them know you, but like she does Ironman competitions like on the regular. So she's not. So when she says that someone dipped her in fat, like it's, that's not what she looks like at all, at all. You look amazing. Like really, in fact, like you really motivated me because you you look so good. And I was like, I want to look like that again. And of course, you never see yourself the same way someone else does. I think we don't. We we don't, do we? So that's, thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah, of course. I'm learning how to say thank you to compliments. No, me too. That's another- It's hard. Another thing we- struggle with, I yeah. think, as women. So thank and you. And I don't know why. Why would why would you not just say thank you if someone says you look pretty? Why would you? Yeah. I don't know. I, I do it all really the time. I don't know why we do that, but it's a terrible habit. Daughters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's really not that hard. It's, it's really like, not. Oh, just hard. thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the other thing that's not really hard. So how to feel great. We're talking, going, we're circling back on what are we talking about here? How to feel fabulous after 50. Yeah. And I always come back to hormonal optimization is really key. I, I just, I, for me, I don't know it's possible. I, I, it wasn't possible for me to feel fabulous with my hormones all out of whack. So get that taken right. care of. That's the and first then, thing. Let's look at what nutrition we're putting in mm-hmm. our bodies mm-hmm. and get excited about that and what and and our sex lives and our social lives mm-hmm. and our spiritual lives and all the mm-hmm. other parts. Um, and so I've just loved watching, you know, Rachel and I have been friends for a long time, as you know, but watching your body and not just your body, but also your sort of attitude transform, yeah. just this yeah. kind of sitting up a little straighter and yeah. like the kind of fun about seeing these results. Well, and- um, you mentioned getting the hormones in place and then 
um, getting the diet in place and then seeing what else you can accomplish. That's, that's how I feel. Like I, in the last couple of months have started doing stuff that I never would have done before, you know, yeah. like, like just little stupid things, but mm-hmm. like just, and you know, some of that's just like, okay, my kids are about to leave for college. So I better find a new hobby and, you know, like getting re-inspired at work and things like that. But, but I find that I look for challenges or things that are going to inspire me. And I don't shy away from things thinking, mm. oh, that's just going to be another thing to do. So it's just like, more of a joie de vivre than than I feel like I've had in a long time. I love that way you describe that because maybe it is because your kids are going to college, but there's definitely a different path you could take, right? There's a- Oh yeah. I could cry every day. I tried that. It it wasn't fun. Well, but that's probably the more common (laughs) thing to do. So, uh, you know, maybe it's because you, and I love this and I wrote about it in the book, Sexually Woke, about reframing menopause in this time of life when all kids are leaving and, and all the things that we have dreaded reframing that is this amazing optimistic field of opportunity. Right. But I don't think I could see it that way when my, horm- my hormones were out of balance. No. It seemed dreadful. And I was going to eat ice cream and watch Netflix right. and cry a lot. And right. Maybe have an affair. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to do, but it wasn't wasn't a bunch of healthy things. It wasn't going to be positive. <laughs> no. I hear you. So yeah, this idea, like when you're in your 50s, we're sitting here and we're just regular people, right? We're telling right. you it is possible to try new things, feel better than you felt before, even have a body that looks better and feels stronger mm-hmm. than before. Yeah. So, starting back to the diet. So, Rachel and I both tried for a while, and she's actually mostly continuing this, like cutting out all the things that we know have not been helpful for us. And mm-hmm. and I, I love the wisdom that um, naturopathic doctors have mm-hmm. and of. You, know, you, you don't do this forever. You're not on this thing forever. I did mine for four weeks, and this particular one she did was three weeks, and then you slowly add stuff back mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And you kind of find out what didn't work for you. Like in right. my case, a huge one was caffeine. Was so, good or bad for you? Oh, and I was ha- drinking tons of caffeine. Okay. And when I cut it out, because the program I was on, part of the things you cut out were caffeine uh-huh. and alcohol. That was the big one for me. And sugar, gluten, all the things. Right. Um, but getting rid of caffeine— I felt so horrible for 72 hours. So that could happen. But then immediately after that, started just to feel better. And I felt like I imagine it would feel if you gave up heroin or any other toxic Yeah, I think think it's very similar. Yeah, just Uh this horrendous, awful Mm -hmm. uh, physical symptoms of withdrawal and then just this amazing freedom. Mm -hmm. Like now I I don't need to – I might go to Starbucks, but I don't need to anymore. I can – Right. I can skip my coffee and I won't like have a headache and start shaking. Yeah. It's not fun to be addicted and being no. addicted is free is not freedom. That's the opposite of freedom. I totally agree. Like if if nothing else, the best thing that I got out of all of this is that just the freedom from being a slave to food. Oh. Yeah. You know, and, and the more I learn about it, the more I like to listen to podcasts about it and things and, um, read about it. And I'm just a huge believer in the, the intermittent fasting because it really gives your body a break and there's so much healing that can go on. And so it, it just makes sense. And, and the, the thing that, and I do recognize that we're maybe, but I mean, your life might be a little bit fuller. I mean, I have, I've got a lot going on, but I'm not, I'm not doing surgeries. She's running a massive business and lots of other things, (laughs) but you know, I'm not doing surgery. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, 
but you you really can fit this sort of thing because I would have I would have looked at intermittent fasting 10 years ago and said, there's no way I could physically do that because of the things that I'm responsible for and the thing where I have to be at this time. And, and I would have said, that's the reason I couldn't do it. And now, now that I am doing it, I realize that actually this would have been a better thing for me to do during those, those times. And it's really not that hard. It's it's really not. Tell me about how there's different, lots of so many, if you go on the internet and look up intermittent fasting, there's all kinds of recommendations. So Tell, tell us what you mean by that. Like, how long is a fast? Okay. So um, I, you know, it was very trepidatious. And again, I was, I was like, well, I could do this. So maybe I can try that. So, so I said, well, you know, everyone do, does this kind of like um, 16, eight, you know, where you fast for 16 hours and you have an eight hour eating window. And so I was like, that sounds really, really extreme to me. I'm not sure if I can do that. So why don't I just do 12 and 12 and just see, cause I've, I've always been a grazer like, you know, and it's almonds. So it's healthy. And I, and you know, it's like 500 calories worth of almonds or whatever. But, um, so I, so I started, I don't know, I probably did a week or so of 12 and 12. And then I was like, okay, so let me just stretch it. So, so I would just like each day kind of stretch it. So now, but the more I learn about it, I, I have learned that it's really smart to vary what you're doing so that your body doesn't completely acclimate to it. So, you know, I think it's, something that I'm continuing to learn about. So I'm by no means an expert. You probably know a lot more about it than I do, but, but I do, um, I have read that it's important to vary it. So right now what I'm doing is like, I'll eat at two or three in the afternoon and then I stop eating around 10 and then I go to bed at 11. Um, but my new goal is to sort of try to get my life more in tune with the natural circadian rhythm of life, what it's really supposed to be, where, you know, you get up at when the sun's up, you know, so I, so I'm trying to go to bed at the exact same time every, or very close to the same time every night, get up at the same time every day. I've often had a like historically like crazy sleep pattern. So this is really, really helping me. So my new goal is to move my window up earlier Mm-hmm. So that it's more like a normal person. So you yeah, know, so you eat when it's light and don't exactly. eat when it's dark. And, yeah, you know, I just think this is so fascinating because people might think this sounds crazy, but these kind of challenges, I think, like we've been talking about since the beginning of this um, conversation, we're just not going to do that when we're not feeling motivated. I'll be right. just like, just up it. I'm just going to eat popcorn yeah. at midnight and uh, yeah. you know, cereal for breakfast and all these things. Exactly that have kept us being slaves to food, like Rachel mentioned. And yeah. you know, I was a, addicted to caffeine. I've definitely been addicted to sugar. I've just been mm-hmm. addicted to food in general yep. one way or another since being a kid. So for me, I, uh, you know, we're not talking necessarily about weight loss being the primary goal here. It's I, I love the, and it might be. So if you're mm-hmm. trying to lose weight, um, yeah, that might intermittent fasting mm-hmm. is, a, is a great way to do that. But mm-hmm. another benefit that I'm hearing you talk about that really resonates with me is just losing the addiction to food mm-hmm. where you can be free for a few hours because right. you know you're not going to eat. I don't right. have to think about it. Right. That and, and sounds so nice. The, the, you know, well, you know, I did about 10 years ago, I did these fitness competitions. And so one of the things that they do for that is you have like a food coach and your food coach writes your eating plan and you start with five meals a day and it they're like meals to kind of bulk up. So heavy, heavy protein, 
pretty decent amount of fat and some carbs, and you're building all this muscle during that time. And then they switch you to leaner. So you're still eating five meals a day, but it's leaner. And so cutting all the fat. So your muscles show. Exactly. And And then towards the very end, they up you to like seven meals a day. So the amount of time that I spent preparing food and eating food was ridiculous. Yeah, just life revolves around food. I mean, and I think that's such an amazing accomplishment to do that. And it's also, you know, and I've done lots of obsessive things. I'm, I'm not judgmental I'm by saying that that's kind of obsessive. I've done lots of those it things. Is. But yeah, the amount of time we spend thinking about food and even yeah. if we're thinking about not eating food, yeah. in some way we're thinking about food. And right. uh, growing up in, you know, the, if you're in our age group in our 50s, so growing up in the 70s and 80s, 90s, there was so much sort of starvation and un- oh, yeah. healthy diets. And not to say that they're not still out there. Of right. course they are. Right. But, oh, what this a This is relief. a better way. This is a better way. You know, I I don't think about food that much anymore. Right. I don't, I really don't either. I mean, I, I, I love food. I just got back from Italy and it was like a food bonanza and yeah. we had a wonderful time. But it, I didn't think about it in a way that was uncomfortable or or that, you know, after I ate my meal that I was like, oh, God, now I'm going to have to make some trade tomorrow because I'm going to get fat. And all all those thoughts that just plague me for so long. Relationship with food. Yeah. Yeah. It's like food is wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's it's what we're made out Mm -hmm. of. Right. I mean, we are what we eat. Literally, the nutrients we put in our body comprise our blood and our cells. And it's a beautiful relationship. And then that's it. And move on to the next thing. It's not. Right obsessive. And so I think not eating for what I'm getting at is not eating for a block of time. I, both of us might sound a bit controlling. I guess we might be, but just, I think it frees you up. I think, yeah, you, you feel like you're back in control and it frees Mm -hmm. you up to, um, because, you know, anyone who's tried it knows that you, you know, you go through this little bit of an uncomfortable phase, but then you get this burst of energy, you know, you really do. and, and I, I also am fairly low carb, but I mean, I love sweet potatoes and, oh, yeah, you know, like I love berries and things like that. So mm-hmm. I get plenty of carbs, but I, but I probably, it's probably like, you know, a hundred, 150 grams of carbs. Like I don't, I don't eat like I said, I don't have grains or anything like that. So that really helps a lot. gave up the bag of Twizzlers. I gave up the bag of Twizzlers, <laughs> which is like basically a petroleum product. Uh, so, so good though. Oh, I love God. I mean, yeah. and sweet tarts. But um, but yeah, so you, so you gain this control and you get that burst of energy. And that's when, so like when I said earlier that I was trying new things, this is really woo-woo. But um, I, one of the things that I've started doing, and it's just only been about a week or so, but I, I downloaded this app called Aura. And it's, um, I have this horrible habit of getting in bed at like 11. And then I'll, I watch some horrible crime show until I'm mm. like on edge. And then <laughs> guess what? I can't sleep, you know? So I was like, new habit starting now is that I get in bed and I, I put on my sleeping mask and I listen to a sleep meditation on this app and it works every single time. It puts me to sleep and I sleep through the night unless I have to get up and go to the bathroom. And then in the morning, I listen to a morning meditation which people have been telling me for a hundred years that I should meditate in the morning. And I was like, uh, yeah, I don't We all, we all know this and then we don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So I guess so my point do. is that it made me realize that, hey, I should, 
if I could do this, maybe I could mm. do this other thing. And maybe that would make me feel even better. And, and it does. So now I'm getting, you know, a full seven or eight hours of sleep every night, which before was really kind of spotty. Like I might get that once a week and, um, so important. Oh my God, yeah. it makes the world of difference. So just, I have such a renewed respect for, well, new respect for sleep since oh, yeah. going through menopause. And I had a, I grew up in a culture where we didn't sleep, you know, doing obstetrics. It was sort of valued not to sleep. Yeah. And we had this kind yeah. of sleep when you're dead mentality. That's right. I, I would sleep when I ran out of other things to do. So I'd oh work really late and get up really early, maybe sleep a bit in the middle, but it, there was no sort of sacred time around sleep, no. which is so- Isn't that crazy? Well, it's so culturally valued. Is it still like that in medical uh, school? Oh, oh, of course. I mean, in medicine, but also in any big career, mm -hmm. right? Like to work, mm -hmm. work all the time is valued and sleeping for eight hours a night would be just lazy. Yeah, lazy. That's right. right. It's and, considered and wasteful. lazy. Like yep. what a waste of time. Like you mm -hmm. could be working and making yep. money instead of sleeping. Yeah. Which is so crazy because one, one of the things that even I didn't know as a physician until I went through this, one of the reasons that we get fatter, going back to the gaining fat, losing muscle, is from sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. Now cortisol goes up and cortisol is a fat storing hormone. I talked yeah. about this a couple of weeks ago. I did a podcast called Why We Get Fat and yeah. Menopause and that's a big reason. But yeah, sleep, so important. Yeah. So, but it, going back to, again, what we've said several times is doing these new habits, like doing your, your sleep meditations yeah. and your morning check-in with yourself and all of those wonderful things. I just didn't feel motivated to do anything. Right. When I was 45 and my hormones were out of whack, I just wanted to watch TV and right. eat sugar. Yeah. Because, and then the thing is, is that like when you, and anyone listening who, who's going through that right now, you know exactly who you are and you know, it's this self-propelling machine. Like you can't, you can't stop it because the more you do it, the more addicted you are. And then you, the harder it is to stop doing it. And if you, you know, use pure willpower and you say, okay, today is the day I'm not eating sugar. I'm not eating that ice cream or whatever it is. Um, you might get through one day yeah, and yeah. then you pat yourself on the back. And then the very next day you're back to it. So you really haven't accomplished very much, you know? So then you, you never feel like you're accomplishing anything and, and you never get that sort of motivation to keep going. So, so that's why the habits just have to change. It's just yeah. all there is to it. And, well, and you'll be happier. Yeah. And then I think that's so true that something has to happen mm -hmm. to break that cycle. So right. maybe it's just pure willpower. Like you said, like one day you're just going to wake up and do it, but we all know that doesn't often it's not, work. It doesn't stick around, right? But one thing that does work because this happened to both of us and, and many of my patients is the thing that can change that changes everything that allows you to have the motivation is hormonal optimization. Because yeah. this whole problem right. started from your hormones not being right. optimized. We so, used to be fabulous. That's right. I mean, if something <laughs> happened and you're sort of 45 to 50, a really good chance that a lot of it or all of it is to do with your hormones changing. Right. So unless we address that part first, yeah, I, that uh, just makes total sense to me. Right. Something's got to change. And then once that changes, when your hormones are optimized, all these other things can change. Right. So you can feel fabulous, better than ever after 50. And like I said, you know, when I turned 54, I actually wore a t-shirt and I celebrated it. And previously I'd been kind of like disappearing yeah. off the planet yeah. on my birthday. Like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but now I can't wait to be 60 and yeah, 70. Yeah, yeah. Sounds really exciting. So much exciting. to look forward to. Like, that's how I feel now. I feel like I have so many things to look forward to it and really do. And it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that 
state of mind. You know, it doesn't, it's not sort of a woo-woo optimism. It's it's really a place of just realizing that you can do this. I mean, this yeah. half of our lives are left. And so mm-hmm. we get a choice about how to right. how to do that. Right. So um I've told my story lots of times and some of you don't believe it. So that's why I bought Rachel here to tell her <laughs> story too. <laughs> that you actually can do this. You can you can you can lose fat. You can gain muscle. Yeah. You can try new things. Right. You can have a better sex life. You can have better exercise life, better relationships, uh, clearer thinking, more wisdom, mm-hmm. the whole everything. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and this is available to anyone. Right. It's not just for like special, wonderful, amazing people. That's the that's the cool thing about it is because like you can become very easily intimidated and overwhelmed when you go online and you try to figure out, well, what should I do? Like, how should I, if I'm not, looking at my life and and really under a microscope and saying, well, gosh, if I change these these lifestyle habits, I would probably feel better. You're not really w- willing to do that yet. So you're looking for like a medical answer, right? So so you can go down rabbit holes of what your medical problem is. But really and truly, all you have to do is go see Susan because, <laughs> and I know that sounds very gratuitous, but it's, but it's true. Like if you check, start with that first, mm. right? I mean, that's the first thing you did. You checked my thyroid, you checked all my hormones, and that it became very obvious what to do from that. Mm. And that's your baseline. It's really not rocket science. It's it's really We're not. We're just replacing what used to be there. And yeah. then once we've done that, we can look at our diet, look at our exercise, look at our relationships, look at our spiritual life, look at all the other things. But right. Yeah. Like we've said several times, I don't think you can do that when your horm- I couldn't do it anyway when my hormones were I was out of in balance. a quagmire. Like <laughs> right. I was deep in a quagmire. So. so we, you can get out. You can also get out of being stuck. So. Yes. Yes. Um, well, I'm I'm so excited to learn about what what you've been doing. I learned so much from my patients too. So Rachel's taught me about this nutrition plan that she's on, which is really cool. I'm actually vegetarian, so I don't do bone broth, but there's ways to uh, modify that for anybody who has different dietary restrictions. Right. The point is just getting rid of the stuff that you're exactly. addicted to, and you could follow any plan that's out there that does that. That's just right. freeing, freeing. I think life's all about freedom, freeing yourself mm-hmm. from food addictions freeing yourself from limiting beliefs, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's you can right. be free. Yeah. Just, right? you know, like the, the thing is we, we've learned so much about inflammation in the last, I mean, you're a doctor, so you've known about it forever, but like the general public is just now getting all this information in the last 10 years. That's all we hear about is inflammation. And so, so the more I study it, the more I learn like so many things that we just eat on the regular are just not what we should be eating. And there's, there's alternatives to that if you just know what they are. So I, you know, it's hard to measure things like that in your body. It's hard to say, well, do I look better today than I did yesterday? Cause I didn't eat all that canola oil. I don't know, but, but you know, it's, it's better to just eliminate things that, you know, are not healthy for you. Yeah. So that's my new goal. I think that's just makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, and if you if you don't want to do that, that's that's okay too. You don't have to necessarily eliminate everything. Right. Just cutting back on things that are bad. I mean, whatever you can right. do. So now I I I cut out all those things altogether for that four week period, and then I've added many of them back again, but in smaller quantities. So there's certain things that I learned that yeah just make me feel bad. So I don't like now what I, like caffeine. Like, okay. So now I don't want oh, to drink caffeine. Yeah. Like I, I'll maybe I'll have some, but I, it's yeah. not something I crave because I you felt, detoxed. From I it. detoxed and I felt so wonderful. I, now I look at it like, ugh, I don't want that anymore. Or sugar. Like I mm-hmm. don't 
sugar made me feel horrible. Getting off of it was like getting off heroin. Don't really want to eat it anymore. And it's not hard to not eat it. I just mm-hmm. look at it like, yeah, that doesn't look good mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so interesting. So um, you kind of reprogram your body a little bit. But yeah, I I think that's really important. What you just said is that I don't think anyone should listen to this and think that a, that we've got it all figured out because everyone's body's totally different, right? But, but we just know that there's a really good jump start, and it's to go see Susan. But um, but you don't have to be extreme. Like I have a, I'm a Libra and I have, I, I always tell people I'm in constant search of balance because my, my astrological sign is the scales. And so I'm always trying to find balance. And it's true. I mean, I joke about it, but it's true. And so like I have this, this tendency to do things to the extreme. Mm, uh, me too. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> kidding, really? And so, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I know that about myself, you know it about yourself. And so that, this is what we're doing. Like, so see, it's, it's, it's fun for us to go on a four week detox or whatever, but you don't have to do that. Like you yeah. can literally just do baby steps yeah, towards I love better health. Yeah. Well, and you suggested that too, with the intermittent fasting, you start at where you start where you are and do, yeah. do whatever it is that feels good for you. But whatever it is that you what I found is the things that I'm most scared to do are the things that I really need to do. I, kept, I, mean, totally. I was terrified to give up caffeine because I was so addicted to it. Wow. So it was scary. And because I knew it would feel bad. And, yeah. I, you know, like it, just like a heroin addict, it's terrifying to give up heroin, I imagine. But the empowerment that you get from being able yep. to do that is just unmeasurable. Yeah. So not, it's not that I never drink it now. I might drink it or I might not, but I get right. to choose. Right. That's the key um, right I'm there. Not, yeah, I'm not a slave to it. I yeah. can I can choose to have it or I can choose to not have it and either way is fine. Mm-hmm. Same with sugar. I sometimes I might have some sugar, but I might not. It's mm-hmm. like if it's just freedom. Right. It's a good feeling. So oh, I'm so <laughs> glad that I was able to talk to you today. And I know we're reaching the end of your time, but um I just want to thank you so much for joining us because your uh, message I think is so inspiring to women who maybe feel stuck oh, that they you. can't do these things. And I just want to tell everyone, anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. Get your hormones balanced. Mm -hmm. uh, Start start, with that. Start with that. And then you'll be motivated to do the things that you've been afraid to do. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think do the things you're most afraid to do because those are probably little places that you need to look. It's true. I agree. To live your best life because, I I mean, you can. And then you feel like, oh, you know what? I can climb Mount Everest now. (laughs) If I can give up sugar and caffeine. Exactly. I, seriously, it's the whole practice for big things in life, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, you know, I guess some people say big deal if you eat for eight hours a day and don't eat for 16. But when you can do that, you can do a lot of other things too. Yes, yes. Right? It's, it's There's a, a lot of more, a lot more time. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty amazing. And um, and I've, I've really liked that. And I think one of the things that I'm learning just from listening to other people who've practiced that for a long time is is that, you know, you'll have days where you're like, I don't think I'm going to do this today. And that you shouldn't do it. Like mm. when you're having an intuitive feeling that today is not a good day to fast, you should probably follow your intuition. And I'm struggling with that a little bit because I'm like you or like, okay, well, if this was working, then why should I ever do anything different? But it, I think it is important to, to keep your body kind of on its toes a little bit and yeah. not do the same thing every day. Yeah, sort of lighten up about it. Yeah, too. exactly. So we can, I can get so obsessed about things that they yeah. lose their sense of humor and lightness. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this is for fun, right? Life's right. supposed to be. It is supposed to be fun. We're supposed right. to be enjoying yeah, ourselves. <laughs> right. 
Well, we can lighten up on these things like diets and intermittent fasting. It's just, yes. it's just, it's just fun to do. Yeah. Um. So when you're done with that, then um, visit Rachel's places if you're in East. Oh the yeah, come upper, see us at the Upper, upper Hand, hand mm-hmm. salons where I've been going. And if you could see Rachel right now, she has these. <laughs> Fabulous hair extensions. So yes, that's, that's what we were talking about. So so we do a lot of hair extensions. And of course, you know, right now the hot thing is balayage. And when you combine balayage with uh, hair extensions, it's so amazing because you really can get, you know, Instagram hair is really what it is. And it, 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 so it's Instagram hair, but for you. So yeah. it doesn't have to be, it, it doesn't look fake. It looks just like you, but better. And and now last minute, all of us know when we're going through menopause that most of us, you know, have some thinning hair or not so healthy feeling hair. So, yeah. It's once, the time to start taking care of it. Once you get your hormones balanced and get your hair fabulous. That's right. And, uh, everything starts falling into place. <laughs> That's right. That's when you have end. good hair, everything falls into That's place. Right. Yeah, a good hair day just makes everything Yeah, better. it does. Well, I'm so glad to have you on again. I think Thank you. uh, you're going to have to be a regular guest and you can keep us updated oh, I would love on how that. to be fit and fabulous after 50 and keep us up to date with all the new things that you're inspired to do. I would love that. And uh, visit uh, the Upper Hand Salons here in Houston if you're here or just fly down here if you're not. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. And I hope to talk to you again soon, Okay. Thank you, Susan. Mm -hmm.